This video will contain spoilers for The Mandalorian chapters one through nine. Hey brother! Yes, yes, yes! The Mandalorian is back on Disney Plus and it is picking up exactly where it left off in its epicness. I mean, not even five minutes in and we're launching whistling birds and Baby Yoda's being as adorable as ever as if he could ever not be. That is the way. But we're back on Tatooine, we're meeting up with random allies who are wearing Boba Fett's armor and we're fighting giant monsters. I love fighting giant monsters. Give me one, two. That was a really bad punch. And, and I am certain that a clue was dropped that the Mandalorian himself is going to be getting his very own lightsaber. Before we dive on in today, we have a fun announcement from Carlin Brothers Coffee, and it is great news, hot chocolate is back. You guys blew us away last year, and this stuff sold out super fast, but we came back this year locked and loaded. We have more inventory and a new flavor. So in addition to our double double chocolate chocolate, we will also have salted salted caramel caramel. Although to be clear, it is only salted once. I just repeated it because I was like in like this like groove with the pattern with the double double chocolate chocolate. You get it. Both of these flavors are available right now over at carlinbrotherscoffee.com and also pro tip, if you take a scoop of either of these and add it to just your regular cup of Carlin Brothers coffee, it makes an amazing mocha. And don't forget that while you're over there for every order on carlinbrotherscoffee.com, we donate one meal to the Faya Foundation so you can help others while you treat yourself. Again, double chocolate and salted caramel available right now over at carlinbrotherscoffee.com. Link is in the description down below. Do you say caramel or caramel? Both. I think I interchanged them. Okay, so at the end of season one, we saw Moff Gideon emerge from the wreckage of his TIE fighter by unsheathing the Darksaber. Which left many people wondering like, what in the force is that? Is that a black lightsaber? Is that allowed? And yes, that is exactly what it is. And it is totally allowed. The Darksaber is truly one of a kind. Not only is it the only black lightsaber in existence, but it also appears to have like a true edge to it as opposed to most lightsabers, which just look like, you know, glowing sticks. But don't let me undersell it. I mean, glowing sticks are awesome. If they come out with those things in real life, like, you know, sign me up. That said though, if you follow Star Wars much outside of just the movies, you probably weren't too surprised to see the Darksaber show up in a show called The Mandalorian. And that is because the Darksaber is just as unique as its original owner and creator, a guy named Tar Vizsla, who was the first ever Mandalorian inducted into the Jedi order. Which might not sound like that big of a deal, but the Jedi and the Mandalorian don't exactly have a very peaceful past and have fought against each other in many wars. Specifically, the Star Wars. They're all Star Wars. But in fact, the reason the Mandalorians have such crazy armor, which are armed to the teeth with so many gadgets and gizmos and surprise weaponry, was because they were fighting the Jedi and needed to come up with creative ways to counter their use of the Force and their supernatural abilities. So the fact that Tar Vizsla somehow existed as both a Jedi and a Mandalorian stood out as much as the unique weapon he created. After his death though, the Darksaber was kept at the Jedi Temple until, that is, his clan 
House Vizsla, broke in and stole it back. And then subsequently used it to unite their people and rule over all of Mandalore as the Mand Allure. Mand Allure is Mand apostrophe Allure and is the title given to the sole leader of all of Mandalore. Get it? That's not confusing at all. But anyway, getting back to the show, since Mando is traveling with Baby Yoda and the two are so obviously connected, I felt pretty sure that Mando was going to be the one to end up with the Darksaber. That he and Baby Yoda would symbolically represent Tar Vizsla and be the physical embodiments of both the Jedi and the Mandalorian codes, the truest believers of each. That they would claim the Darksaber and reunite the scattered conclaves and restore Mandalore to its former glory. But here's the thing. What good is having just one lightsaber in a Star Wars story? I mean, I mean, I mean, you can't have much of a lightsaber battle with just one, right? I agree, you cannot. And I paid the math budget this month and the dance budget, and it turns out that you need two to tango. In fact, we had a little bit left over for this. But that's it. Which is not to say it wouldn't be fun to see Mando go up against the Darksaber and have to defeat it using only his cunning and his tricky weaponry. But let's face it, this is Star Wars and despite the lack of any Jedi, you know they want to have a lightsaber battle. And originally I thought they were going to solve this by introducing Ahsoka this season. We know she is slated to show up in person for the first time ever during a live action show and she should be dual wielding her signature white lightsabers. And like, I literally cannot wait because Ahsoka is just one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. But the problem is she's probably a little too powerful. And that's an issue, at least as far as the show is concerned, because once she shows up, it's like, why isn't she just the one solving all the problems? It's like when Captain Marvel shows up at the big fight against Thanos, it's like, oh, just give it to her, right? Hey, Peter Parker. You got something for me? But Ahsoka is extremely battle-tested, having fought in and won many battles during the Clone Wars. She is very skilled with the Force and an excellent duelist with her lightsabers. So how do you get around her? As long as this weapon has been around, there has been this aura of power about it. Like it is somehow more powerful than other lightsabers. Despite this though, we've seen it participate in many lightsaber battles and it always seems to function the exact same as any other lightsaber, except it's black. And it's not the only time we've heard about extra powerful lightsabers. Like this is also kind of what they said about Kylo Ren's lightsaber, like that the kyber crystal inside of it was unstable and the reason he needed the exhaust ports was because of all the excess power Power. But like, what extra power? Like, yeah, sure, it looked ragged and it looked more dangerous, but we never saw it malfunction or allow him to do anything extra that other lightsabers couldn't do. Well, I guess he did burn Finn's shoulder that one time, so. But I think this trend could finally break when white meets black. Both colors are completely unique thus far, and so nobody really knows what would happen if or when they come into contact with each other. Maybe Ahsoka's will overheat, or maybe the Darksaber will cut through them or just phase through them or something, I, I don't know. Other than that, I think black will win because defeating Ahsoka would really mark Moff Gideon 
as a truly worthy villain. That said, I have a lot of trouble believing that Moff Gideon could defeat Ahsoka with a lightsaber just ever, like even with an advantage. But that doesn't mean he might not be able to team up with somebody who could go toe to toe with her. Like, I don't know. Boba Fett? Yeah, so in case you were wondering who this guy is at the end of the episode, you have to do a little math, but it is definitely Boba Fett. This actor is Temuera Morrison, who played Jango Fett in the prequel trilogy. And in case you need a refresher, Jango was the model they used for every soldier in the clone army. And all of the clones were given a growth hormone to make them grow up faster, except for one who Jango raised as his son, Boba. And Boba Fett became the greatest bounty hunter in the entire galaxy and eventually delivered Han Solo to Jabba the Hutt and was last seen falling into a Sarlacc pit in Return of the Jedi. And since then, his fate has been unknown other than presumed dead. Until now, where he is obviously on the hunt to get his armor back from Mando. Anyway, point is, he would be an awesome candidate for someone to wield the Darksaber and could also believably defeat Ahsoka. Not that I want her to go down at all, but we know she's gonna die eventually because she is one of the voices Rey hears talking to her when she's confronting Palpatine, so... Anyway, though, you might be wondering, what does this have to do with Din Djarin, THE The Mandalorian, getting his own lightsaber? Glad you asked! And the answer is because if Ahsoka goes down, he's going to need his own lightsaber to go up against Moff Gideon or Boba or whoever's wielding the darksaber by the end of the season. And they have already introduced the mechanism by which he will acquire one. And that method? is the crate Dragon. That's the giant monster they spent most of the episode fighting, which by the way was awesome. I mean, references to the crate Dragon have been around since like the very first Star Wars in A New Hope. Like you can actually see the bones of one when 3PO and R2 are just like rolling through the desert, which is like, ah, oh, what, what a cool callback. Although for clarity, that's not the same one the Mando killed because it's taking place after Return of the Jedi. So different, different. Dragon. Anyway though, I don't know about you guys, but at the end when the Tusken Raiders were digging through and they found that egg looking thing, I was like, oh my gosh, are they gonna make this like a running joke that the people who live in the desert just love the eggs of giant monsters? Is, is this a throwback to the Jawas wanting that hairy egg from the rhino thing last season? I almost think that is what they want you to think, that it's just another egg. But do not be fooled, it is not an egg. That item they're holding up, is a pearl. See, crate dragons, as big as they are, sometimes need to consume rocks to help break down the items in their stomach for digestion. And in rare cases, one of those stones might contain a kyber crystal, which in case you don't know is what powers a lightsaber and determines the color and stuff. Anyway, the digestive fluid inside the crate dragon is pretty corrosive and will just break down any of the rocks they eat so they can digest those as well, but they're not strong enough to break down a kyber crystal. Instead, over the course of the dragon's long life, the crystal would be refined until it became a pearl. And according to Gear and Gadget, which is the Star Wars role-playing game sort of akin to Dungeons and Dragons, a lightsaber equipped with one of these pearls emitted a very powerful and destructive blade that emitted a howling sound when ignited. Boom! Extra powerful blade that our main man Mando is going to use to take down the Darksaber. And look, if you don't believe me, they didn't show you the Tusken Raiders finding that pearl for no reason. They didn't linger on that shot for no reason. 
even the rhino egg last season, all set up to fake you out right here. Uh, but wait, how is it gonna construct it? Don't you need to use the force to construct a lightsaber? Great question. And in fact, yes, you do need to use the force, which means baby Yoda's gonna be the one to assemble the lightsaber for him and it's gonna be I mean, can't you just imagine little baby Yoda turning on the lightsaber to go like and shooting him across the room or something because it's so extra powerful? Uh, but how is baby Yoda gonna know how to assemble a lightsaber? Ahsoka! History lesson. How did Ahsoka get her fancy white lightsabers? Well, the entire story is revealed in her standalone book, Ahsoka, which surprisingly was not a very fun read. I mean, it was the first Star Wars novel I ever read and I was like, ugh, this was kind of boring. Anyway, the way you make red lightsabers is by a dark force user killing a normally Jedi, stealing their kyber crystal and then corrupting it and making it bleed, which is what turns it red. However, in her book, Ahsoka kills an inquisitor and steals back two of the bleeding crystals and purifies them, which then creates the white lightsabers. But that just accounts for the crystals. What about the hilt? Well, that's the fun part because throughout the book, Ahsoka is just sort of randomly collecting bits of spare metal here and there. She doesn't even know what for. She just knows she needs to collect them. But eventually, of course, all those spare bits of metal turn out to be the hilts for her new sabers. So I think throughout this season of The Mandalorian, you need to be on the lookout for any spare bits of metal that Baby Yoda or Mando are collecting. Personally, I think it will also involve some Beskar steel for style, and I will just die of adorableness if that little ball that he kept giving him to play with in season one is also part of the hilt. Like, how great would that be? So in the end, it would literally be the unity between Mandalore and the Jedi that creates this unique blade similar to how the Darksaber was created. And I am just positive that this is going to happen. The only real question I have is, what color do you think it will be like? Also black, that would be awesome. Or maybe green to match Baby Yoda, also a good choice. Maybe a new color altogether, would they dare? Let me know your thoughts in the towel section down below. One, will he get one? And two, what color will it be? I am oh, so excited there's new Star Wars stuff. But guys, thanks as always for watching today's video. Don't forget to leave a like on it if you haven't already and subscribe so you don't miss any future Star Wars action from us. If you want to see my prediction for the end of this season that Thrawn is coming, you can check out this video right here. But until next time, Ben, I will see you in another life, brother.